Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. I want to start off our message this morning um, with just a simple truth, and it's, it's simple, but it's profound. And I think we need to be reminded of it often, and I know I do, Um, but this is it. Jesus is good. Jesus is so, so good. He knows you. He loves you. He gives himself and offers himself to you, and he wants to be with you in everything that you do. So we're talking this morning about building with Jesus, and, uh, and as I was wrestling and thinking about this, I, I was thinking about um, just the way that God came to be a human. And I think we need to reflect on that often, is, is um, how did God come into this world uh, as Jesus? It, it's pretty amazing. He didn't overwhelm us with some cosmic display of grandeur. He didn't have earthly wealth or prominence. But he came as a baby. He was born into a poor family that was just trying to make ends meet and get through the day. He started off his ministry as a homeless preacher. It said he had no place to lay his head. And even when he started his ministry and he went back to his hometown, the people who saw him grow uh, grow up, they weren't sure how he even became a teacher and a miracle worker. And do you remember the line that they used in Matthew 13? They said, Isn't this just the carpenter's son? Jesus didn't demand that people believe in him. But in his hometown even, they missed out on who he was, and they missed out on the amazing work that he wanted to do. You see, God loves to create. He loves to create out of nothing. He loves to make beauty out of the broken. He loves to multiply out of the simple and seemingly insignificant things around us. And so have you ever wondered when God decided to become a person, as he was thinking this through before the creation of the world, why did he plan to be placed in a carpenter's family? I wonder, as I was thinking about this, is it just something where he's like, I love to create. I love to get my hands on things so much. I mean, maybe God's sitting there and he's saying, I can limit myself to walking as a human being completely powerless uh, as, as the God of the universe. It says that he emptied himself. He didn't use his powers of God. He, he came in and walked in our skin. He really walked a mile in our shoes. And I wonder, as he's saying, I can do that. I can even go to the cross and die for their sins and be the perfect sacrifice, but I need to live in a home where I can build things. I gotta be hands-on. I have no idea why God chose that, but he, he did it for a reason. Working as a framer in rough carpentry, actually I started last year at this time is when I started working as a, as a framer, it changed the way I read the Bible. I never noticed how often the scriptures speak to us about things being built. The Old Testament talks about craftsmen and tradespeople. You go right back to Noah building the ark, and then God had these people that he gave special skills and abilities so that they could build, build symbols and artifacts and and uh, make these buildings that would be anchor points for their people's faith, his people's faith. In the New Testament, Jesus uses building analogies to teach things. In the parables, he talks about barns and towers and building them. He encourages people that they need to build their lives on the foundation of rock. 
the foundation of obeying his word. He encourages his disciples when they're feeling low that he is going to go and build a home for them in heaven. And then when he comes, uh, and then he will also send his spirit to build his home in them right now. The other New Testament authors, inspired by the Holy Spirit, they continue to use building illustrations about how our lives as the church will be built up together to know Jesus and be good news to the world. And we're going to look at one of those passages this morning in Hebrews 3. Um, As we look at this book, uh, the opening chapters of Hebrews, it reminds us who God's family, uh, or as God's family, who Jesus is. It reminds us that while we have these amazing heroes of the faith throughout the scriptures, and at, at that time the favorite was Moses, and so the author looks at Moses, um, we have all these great heroes of the faith, but when it comes to Jesus, the Son of God, there is no one else like him. So let's read uh, from Hebrews chapter 3 this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. We're just going to look at the first six verses. It says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all of God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. I've read Hebrews many times. Over the last 16 years of ministry, probably a dozen times I've read this book. But the words never landed on me from this passage until I was working in construction last year. God loves to have his incredible, amazing story intersect with our ordinary lives. He loves when our two stories come together. And I love this about the Bible. It's God-breathed. The Holy Spirit speaks through it still today. Church family, do you believe this? That this is not just a book. This is God's truth and grace recorded for us. And it doesn't matter if it's bound in leather, or if it's on the app on your phone, or if it's memorized in your heart. It's the living word that leads us to Jesus that we may drink deeply from the fountain of living water, have our souls refreshed, our buckets filled to overflowing with his love, and our paths guided by his light. It's the foundation that we build our lives upon, if and only if, and Jesus said this about his word, if you take my words and put them into practice. The passage that we just read, it starts with this address. It says, holy brothers and sisters, And in the scriptures, the authors continually remind us of our identity of God's family, that we're holy, we're set apart, we live in a different way, the God kingdom way. And the words of this are true for everybody, but they're written to those who believe, those who believe in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. That he was perfect, that he is perfect, and he offers his life as a covering over our imperfect, sinful lives, But notice that he isn't just a sacrifice for our sins. 
So we don't just pray a prayer to believe in Jesus and then go back to doing life the way we were doing it before. It says that we're sharers or partakers of the heavenly calling. When we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior in our lives, we're invited into his kingdom, or we're inviting his kingdom to break into our lives, and it changes everything. And maybe you've noticed this, but I'll bring it to your attention. Spiritual realities manifest physically. So the things that are happening in the unseen world actually become visible in the way that we experience life. Hebrews 3 will move us towards understanding in the rest of the chapter um, about how we can walk into the rest and the refreshment of God's grace. But it's reminding us that this, this faith we have in Jesus touches every area of life. Everything we are, everything we think and do falls under the lordship of Jesus. And it can be therefore transformed into time spent with God. So this summer... It has been the year of DIY, I'm sorry, my dyslexic, I always say DIY, it's DIY, right? Do-it-yourself projects. And it's been a summer full of these things. And if you don't believe me, just go to Home Depot and look at the price of lumber. I believe that home projects are an express reflection of what God is doing in our lives and in our hearts. Whether we're fixing something just to, to work again, upgrading something to be more efficient or functional, or, or just bringing beauty to the places that we live. We serve a carpenter king, and he plans, and he's hands-on as he builds up our lives. And what he's building in us often gets expressed in what we go out and build. What might it look like if we were to pause and ask him about the projects around the places we live, our homes, and say, what is your heavenly calling for us here? What are you teaching us? What does Jesus want us to learn about what he's building in us, both as his holy brothers and sisters, and also as a church family with the project set before us? Is your life right now, is it in a season of maintenance, where you're just kind of continuing on? Or, or are you doing some touch-ups? Maybe you're repairing the drywall of your life, or God's repairing the drywall of your life, or putting some new paint on the walls. Or maybe he's building something completely new. Each of us individually have different stories, but together, like, look around this auditorium and at this building. God is clearly bringing us into a story where he is building something new with us. We're invited to participate in it. Whatever the project going around us, we're to fix your thoughts, fix our thoughts on Jesus, because his plans are good, pleasing, and perfect. A few years ago, we were looking for ways uh, with our, our church plan in Edmonton uh, to bless our neighbors, and uh, we discovered that one of the family's next-door neighbor had a, a need for a new shed. They had a day home in their place, and it was actually quite amazing as we deconstructed this shed, but a squirrel decided to take on a building project of his own. And I have never seen so many rooms and compartments. He destroyed this entire shed full of toys and everything, and and so the neighbor uh, was at one of our celebrations and she was telling us the problem and that the, it was kind of too small for a contractor to take on so no one was returning her calls. But it had God's perfect timing all over it. He was building us up on how to learn to love others. And so this project became a physical way to us, uh, for us to express what was going on in our hearts. 
It required us to let go of our own home projects. It inconvenienced us, and we had to take a, a weekend apart from our own stuff to go and serve this neighbor. But we also knew that God wasn't just building us up to build sheds. Most of us knew how to build sheds. We knew that wasn't his plan in this. But he did want to build into us, how do we get into people's lives from different cultures and faith backgrounds and different um, places in the world that they've come from? So we took this project on, and, and like everything, as soon as we started it, we realized it was going to be a way bigger project than we had signed up for. And the lady that we were building for, she was just wonderful. She wanted us to taste the goodness of her upbringing in India. And so while we were working on this project, it took way longer than it needed to because we had to stop every hour or two hours because she'd bring out chai tea lattes and samosas and whatever, and we could smell it coming from the kitchen, and we're like, oh, I can't wait till the next break. <laughs> Everything she brought out of her kitchen was a story of her culture, of her life. And then our families, we invited them to come by, and so they'd bring the kids by, and then they would play in the backyard, and they'd get to know uh, this family. And it was distracting as well, but uh, it created this buzz, and then neighbors started coming by that they hadn't met yet, and coming into the yard, what's going on over here? Oh, we're building a shed. And when it was done, something much more than a shed had been built. Caesar Kalinowski has this great quote, the kingdom of God expands at the speed of relationship. The gospel moves along the pathways of trust. God was building pathways of trust. Do you know what the fruit of the project was? There's, there's more fruit to come from this project, we know. But the immediate fruit of this project, another neighbor said, you know, I have a shed that needs to be built. <laughs> and so guess what happened a couple weeks later? We were being built up as missionaries to our community through building sheds. Look at verse 4 from our passage. For every house is built by someone, or maybe I'd say it this way, for every shed is built by someone. But God is the builder of everything. He is over the whole project. How would it change our lives if our honey-do list became a part of our spiritual devotions? The COVID pandemic, I think, has been good in the way is it, it's revealed to us how we spend our time. Looking at our street, we were the third family in our group of friends to start renovating our kitchen this year. What is God up to? I was reminded as my father-in-law was putting in the new countertops for us that while I am a decent rough carpenter, I am not qualified for finishing work. That is way beyond my pay grade. But, but dad loves when I build with him. And so he walked me along step by step and helped me to get this amazing work that we were doing. And God is the same way with us. Look around. So many of our neighbors, of our family members, they've figured out the basics of life. But without the Holy Spirit, even if things look good on the outside, without the Holy Spirit, working out Jesus' salvation in them, they are not experienced the fullness of life that is offered to them. God is an expert builder. He knows what he's doing, and he invites us to partner with him. God loves to build with us. Ephesians 2.10 says this. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
We are built by God to build with God. God is, the, is building up our lives together. And with the purpose of creating a house, a people, to know him as the master builder and to see one another as his handiwork. And just be amazed, like as you look around the room, like God made each person here, like it's incredible. We get to be co-laborers with Jesus. And so whenever you begin a project or whenever your neighbor begins one, we have this opportunity to stop and ask God, what are you doing here? What are you doing in my life and in theirs? How do, you, how do you want me to be involved? Is it lending a hand? Is it lending a tool? Is it ordering pizza for them as they're exhausted at the end of the day? Is it inviting them to come and help you and serve you? How can we join in what God is building up? In our text, it said that Moses was a faithful steward. Moses worked alongside God to help lead and build up God's family. And in the New Testament, the disciples do the same thing. They, they work alongside Jesus to do the same thing. And this church family has had various lead pastors and associate pastors over the years faithfully working alongside God to build up the SPAC family with you. And we look forward to the day of having a new lead pastor. And, and in the meantime, don't forget we have an incredible pastoral team here that's dedicated to stewarding all that God has given us as a family together to be built up and entrusted by him. And over all of this, over all of us, is Jesus. He's building us up to be partakers in the heavenly calling. And they, we've built this beautiful building here. But we need to remember this. This space does not belong to SPAC. This building does not even belong to the denomination that fronted the mortgage. It's God's building. And he built it for a kingdom purpose here. And the same thing is true about the place you live, your home, your apartment, your condo, wherever it is. They don't belong to us. They belong to God and we're to steward them. Building with Jesus means taking time to understand that in everything we do, the master builder is behind it, desiring relationship and developing pathways of trust. So what DIY projects do you have on the go? What do your neighbors have on the go? How does it reflect God's work in your life? Ask him what he wants to teach you in these projects. And here's some great news. If he doesn't want to teach you anything in the project, you don't have to do it. You can take it off the list. In a moment, we're going to continue to reflect on Jesus uh, as our foundation in song. But I have this practical application I want us to try this week. I want you to review your project list around the house. Ask what God's doing up to your up what God is up to in your life and then in your home can you build create or place something that points you and others to the kingdom of Jesus so just an example a couple years ago we discovered that our little kitchen nook that our house is designed with only fits one size a table and it only fit our family and so we believe that God points us to him by inviting us to his table and that his table is always open for others to join, but our table wasn't big enough for others to join. So we got rid of the living room on our main floor, and we turned it into our kitchen, and we put a bigger table that we built in the middle of it, so that when anyone comes into our house, it's kind of weird. They're like, this is your living room. It's like, yeah, well, now it's our kitchen, because God's table's open to us, and so our table's open to you. And so think about how you could build or place or change something in your house that points to the kingdom of God 
so that we can fix our thoughts on Jesus. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.